0: mute. There we go. Uh, Good morning. It's nice to be here with you and um, have the opportunity to share a few few thoughts, Um, but let's pray before we start. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word, and we pray that you would speak to us now, that it would be your words, not mine, and that we would be changed by your spirit, that we may reflect you in this world more in jesus name we pray amen who remembers the scenes that are going to come up on the screen lydia not that one Countdown started seven years ago we're seconds away from the start of the london games of 2012. Our King de Brunel, played by Kenneth Brunel. And each time we have done it, the world faced turbulence and trouble. And each time the Games have been a triumph. To everyone in this stadium attending our opening ceremony. To every athlete waiting, ready, prepared to take part in these Games everyone in every city and village in the world, watching as we begin. Welcome to London. Who remembers that like it was yesterday? You see, there's about three people who don't. It was such an amazing event, wasn't it? It it was mind-blowing how cool that opening ceremony was and I don't really like opening ceremonies, I find them a bit boring normally, but thousands of dancers and musicians are dignitaries coming from all over the world to gather for the opening of London 2012. I love what Rachel Irvine says about forging a moment that's going to live long in the memory. In our reading, King Nebuchadnezzar had gathered an Olympic Opening Ceremony Ensemble of Musicians. An Olympic Opening Ceremony number of dignitaries from all over the world to witness and celebrate the dedication of this new immense 60-foot tall golden statue, which he had set up on a plane so that it could be seen from miles around in attendance that day were three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you recall, earlier in Daniel, these three Jews, along with Daniel, refused to eat the king's choice food in chapter one. Despite only eating vegetables, God miraculously, I mean seriously miraculously, sustains them giving them unrivaled health and wisdom. I dated a vegetarian for a while. It's terrible for my health. Anyway, um, the king is so impressed with uh, their understanding and their knowledge that he promotes them to privileged positions in his civil service. And so as important members of the civil service, they have to go to this dedication, to see this statue unveiled. It was to be the most impressive statue these exiled Jews would ever see, dedicated in the presence of more dignitaries from more countries than they could ever envisage, at a ceremony heralded by the most spectacular music ensemble they would ever hear. Nebuchadnezzar was, in the words of Rachel Irvine, producing something very special, forging a moment and an image that would live live with them forever. It was for those in attendance that day as impressive an event as perhaps the London 2012 opening ceremony was for you and I, or for at least those of us who remember it. And the ceremony started with a Sebastian Coe-like speech. Everybody, everybody in attendance, bow down and worship the statue when you hear the music sound. And if anyone fails to bow down and worship that statue, then you'll be thrown into a fiery furnace. Suddenly, this great ceremony has become a whole lot more sinister, a whole lot less Olympic Games, a whole lot more Hunger Games. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are stood in this huge gathering, surrounded by colleagues, state dignitaries, facing this statue. The music sounds. Everybody bows down around them. But for these three Jews to participate would be to deny their God. It would be to deny the God who had sustained them when they only ate vegetables. Just imagine the pressure that they would have been under. The pressure of the awe-inspiring event that they were attending. It's so easy to to get wrapped up, isn't it, in the moment when an awesome thing is happening all around you when everybody else seems to be joining in. And yet, despite your better judgment, knowing that you should probably keep your distance, there remains that desire to join in, to be like everybody else, to be a part of what's going on. We get FOMO, don't we? We hate the fear of missing out. Then there's the pressure of the obedience to the king. Not only was it his command to bow down and worship his statue, but he was the guy who had promoted them to their privileged roles in his court. Surely they owed him one. Then there's the pressure of the cutthroat work environment in which they lived in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their colleagues, would have looked to exploit any Possible opportunity to oust their rivals and climb the social ladder It makes the Tory infighting at the moment look like mere child's play It would have been incredibly Hunger Games-esque Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego must have known That if they choose, chose not to participate they would have been spotted and it would have provided their professionally jealous colleagues, the perfect opportunity to eliminate them once and for all. And then, if all that is not enough, there's the pressure and the threat of death being thrown into the fiery furnace. It is then perhaps the perfect storm of pressure and we wouldn't judge someone too harshly for succumbing to it. But for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, participation is not an option. Just as they had shown total integrity when it came to eating the king's food, so again would they be totally undivided in their worship. They refused to bow down. The professionally jealous friends seize their moment, alerting the king to their non-conformity, to the flouting of his word, to the rejection of his gods, to their disregard for his statue. The pressure intensifies on them even more as every eye turns towards them. These three Jews are offered one more chance to save themselves. But again, they refuse and their fate is sealed and they are thrown into a burning furnace. One thing that amazes me about this passage is just how Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego under all of that pressure are able to stand firm, are able to remain faithful to their God. How are they able to do it when I struggle sometimes, and and I've been trained to be a vicar, I struggle, struggle sometimes to chat to a stranger about Jesus. I go weak at the knees. You know, what pressure am I under? I might look slightly embarrassed. How were they able to stand firm? Well, the answer lies in their response to the king. Verse 16, King Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the burning furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your mighty hand. I need a volunteer who likes orange juice. Anyone? Yes, great, come and join me at the front. Thank you. Brilliant. And what is, what's your name? Because I don't know. My name is Ollie. Ollie, nice to meet you, John. Nice to meet you. nice to meet you. Thank you for coming here. Up to the front and under here, I've got a couple of drinks. Okay, so this is pure squeezed, fresh orange juice that Lydia squeezed by hand this morning. Would you like to take some? I'd love some, thank you very much. Here you go. <laughs> it, it, <trust> it. <laughs> <laughs> is that good? That's delicious. i losing out. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to keep a little bit of that. Oh, okay. This came out of a bottle which claims to be orange. Uh, but looks a little bit like church squash. So, there you are. Try a bit of that. Can I get my kids? <laughs> it's, it's not so good, is it? It's weak. Flavorless. If you had a choice, what would you spend your money on? That one. There you are. Why don't you take those with you? Oh, that's very good. (laughs) Nice and easy, wasn't it? The freshly squeezed orange juice is good. It tastes really good, it's sweet, it's full of goodness, it's full of vitamin C, it's full of flavor. <laughs> we'll come to that later. Um, whereas the church squash, as I'm going to call it, is weak and tasteless. I mean, if I had a bucket, it'd probably worth spitting it out.) <laughs> All right, God's got your number. The God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the God that they knew, made Nebuchadnezzar's uh, statue look cheap and tacky in comparison. They knew, if you like, the pure squeezed orange juice God. Sweet, full of goodness, full of flavor. And Nebuchadnezzar's statue looked like church squash. (laughs) Tacky and you wouldn't even give it to your kids. God's got a lot to work with, hasn't he? They knew that their God may be trusted to protect them. Not in some hope against hope way, but in a confident way based upon what God had already done. Time and time again through their story, through their people's story, God had shown favor and God had rescued them. Remember, he saved them from slavery in Egypt. He was the one who sustained them when they only ate vegetables. This God could do anything. But more than this, they knew that their God was with them. That he stood with them when trials came. And that he had power far greater than Nebuchadnezzar, his gods or his statue. So they had no doubt when they turned to the king and said, Our God can save, save us from your hand. Because they had no doubt that their God could do that. And as we read at the end of our little chapter, God does exactly that. He stands with them in the fire and Nebuchadnezzar eventually calls them out and they are saved from the flames. And it's the same God who saved the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, who sustained Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego on vegetables, who dramatically saved them from the fire and stood with them, who offers to stand with each one of us today in our trials and in each moment. And perhaps this morning, there's an opportunity for us to be reminded of that, that wherever we are, however we come this morning, that it is the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through his Holy Spirit who offers the stand with us in our trials. But what about when that doesn't feel like the reality of life? What about those times when we've prayed and yet nothing seems to have changed? We haven't been dramatically rescued from the flame. I remember uh, a time when I was really struggling in life. I was going through a really rough patch, and uh, I'd been praying and praying and praying, and, and nothing had changed, nothing had shifted. And I ended up at New Wine, kind of slightly begrudgingly, and uh, I was there at an evening worship event, and there was a call for prayer, and lots of people went forward, and then I sat there and watched everybody else being prayed for, and, Then there was a call saying, we need more people to pray. And I was like, well, I don't want prayer for me, but I could pray for somebody else. That would be a good idea. So anyway, I I kind of start making my way forward and I get to the front. And there's one other guy who's made the same journey and we're the last two people left. And he makes his way over to me and says, can can I pray for you because I've not come all this way for nothing and I'm like no whatever you do say no but I've already said yes how does that happen but anyway he starts praying for me and every single night for about three months I had the same dream leading up to this moment and the dream was uh, me falling into a black hole and I was falling and falling and falling and my arm was stretched up kind of hoping that somebody would catch me. And then at New Wine, I had that same picture. But this time, instead of looking down at my feet, and, the f- and I was, you know, still felt like I was falling, this time I looked up. And there was a huge hand holding mine. And I wasn't falling anywhere. Even though it felt like it. And it was a reminder to me that God was with me even in that bleak moment in my life. That God was there, he was with me. And I think in moments like that, it's essential to remember that actually Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, their confession to the king has two parts. Yes, God can save us. Yes, he has the power to save us from your hand. But even if he doesn't save us the way we hope or the way that we would love, your majesty, we will not bow down and worship your gods or your image. See, once you've tasted the pure orange juice, once you've tasted how good it is, You don't want to turn anywhere else. If you went to a cafe and all they had on order was church squash, you would leave. I know, you guys live in Chiswick. You would leave. You would leave and you would find a cafe that served pure orange juice because you wouldn't want to waste your money because it is pale in comparison. And that is the confession that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego make. To the king. It's, we don't want to taste church squash. We know that our God is pure orange juice, and that's all we're interested in. Whether or not He chooses to save us the way we want. But we know whether He saves us the way we want or not, He is there with us in this moment. They had tasted the pure orange juice God and they weren't willing to exchange it for anything else. I wonder this morning whether we need to be reminded of just how good God is. Whether this morning is a moment where we can just take a couple of moments to be reminded of his goodness to be reminded of all that he has done for us and will continue to do for us, to recall how sweet and good he tastes, that he may reveal afresh to us his goodness in our lives. And we know that God doesn't always save the way we want want him to, or expect him to. Look at his own son who was crucified on a cross. The Jewish leaders mocked, saying, save yourself. But that wasn't God's rescue plan. God's rescue plan would be that he would be raised three days later. And in doing so, beat death. And start God's great plan for restoring the whole of creation, including you and me. We can be reassured this morning that not only is that same God with us, but that he has conquered death. He has conquered the ultimate enemy, and that he will one day bring us to eternal glory with him that we may stand with him in glory where there is no more pain and no more suffering. So be confident in the God we know. May you be reminded this morning that it is the same God who is with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who is with us today. And he is good and he wants to be with you today, wherever you come, where, however you've come. He wants to be there and share in those moments. So maybe just take a moment and pause. Reflect on where your life is at and invite God afresh into that and say, God, I, I wanna know your goodness in this moment now. I wanna be reminded how good you are, so that when I'm tempted to try the church squash, I can say no and stand firm.